Hi, welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, the podcast for women over 45. My name's Karen O'Connor. I'm a blogger, author, entrepreneur, property developer, mother of four, and I've been married for 30 years. I love health and fitness and anything creative, and I'm absolutely fascinated with personal development and psychology. Join me each week for conversations about life beyond 45. I'll have inspiring stories, lots of guest interviews and tips and tricks to hack our brains so we can intentionally and deliberately create an amazing future for ourselves. If it's your first time here, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'd love it if you share this episode with your friends on social media and let me know your key takeaways because I'd love to hear them. Enjoy and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hello again. I've got to tell you that I'm having a menopause. I can't even talk. Look, I'm having a menopause moment right now. I just got on the scales and realized that I've put on for zero reason that I can figure out about three kilos in the last four months. Now, I did injure my foot, which meant that I was off exercise for a while, but I don't know why I would put on weight. It's one of those menopause things that just kind of is really annoying and really quite depressing when you go through it. Look, I'm just going to go with it and see what happens over the next few months. Maybe it'll just all disappear. Who knows? It's like those sleepless nights and the hot flushes and all the other things that go on. Just one of those menopause things. Socialising. I want to talk today about socialising. Moving on from what I just said a few minutes ago about having a menopause moment, it kind of reminded me that one of the things that can happen and certainly happened to me as you're going through the menopause and perimenopause is insomnia. I was watching a really interesting video, uh, a TED Med talk. So it's like TEDx, but it's for medical people by a guy named Jeff Illeth, and it was called One More Reason to Get a Good Night's Sleep. I found it really fascinating. I'll put a link to it in the notes for the show. And what he talked about was, you know that saying we have when we get out of bed in the morning and we talk about feeling fuzzy-headed, or my head feels all stuffed, I can't see clearly, I can't think clearly, I just feel really murky. What scientists are discovering, and this TED Med video is actually six years old, so things have probably moved on from here, but we have a lymphatic system that runs through our body that takes all the waste out of the cells throughout the body and takes them so they can then be excreted from the body. But the brain doesn't have a lymphatic system, and scientists have often wondered how do the cells in the brain get rid of their waste products, because they're going to have waste products, they're living cells, they can convert energy into other things. At what point do the brain cells actually get rid of their waste? And what they discovered a few years ago was that when we enter deep sleep, brain cells actually shrink and the cerebral spinal fluid that the brain is encased in actually goes down between all the cells in the brain as they've shrunk and it extracts the waste from those cells, takes it to the lymphatic system and they get excreted from the body. It's absolutely genius, but it only happens in deep sleep. The brain cells only shrink when they're in deep sleep, and if we don't get enough deep sleep, the brain cells don't get rid of the waste, 
and we feel murky and fuzzy. It makes you think that as we're going through menopause and we start to get forgetful and stressed out and all those things because we're suffering from insomnia and we all feel fuzzy headed, that's because we're not getting any deep sleep and our brain isn't actually getting rid of all the waste. Our cells are literally murky. Over the years, I've read heaps and heaps of books on insomnia and sleep and helping me get back into a good sleep pattern and eating so it works for my sleep and exercising and meditation and all those kind of things. Some of the books are really good, but I will put up links to them in the show notes so that you can access them. Because one of the things that I think is that we're all so different What works for one person isn't going to work for another and vice versa. So the more options we can lay our hands on, the better. I don't think there is ever one answer that fits everybody. You've just got to try lots of different things. So I'll put up all the stuff there that I've had information on and looked at and you can try whatever attracts you. Just go try it. One of the side effects of insomnia and this not clearing out the brain cells, actually, I just made that up. I don't know whether the not clearing out the brain cells has to do with this, but one of the other side effects of insomnia is anxiety and depression, as we all know. And it's like a chicken and the egg thing. I don't know which comes first, but whichever one it is, when we begin to get depressed or anxious about something, or even if we're grieving about something, the loss of somebody dear to us, or it could even be a grief about not being able to do a job anymore. We may have lost our job. We may have lost our home. It may be that our kids are leaving home and we're grieving about that. There's lots and lots of different types of grief. But whatever is causing the upset that we have at that time, we are taught to deal with it Or we believe that we ought to deal with it in private. We don't want to share it. So the more upset, distressed, depressed, anxious, whatever we get, the more we withdraw from society, which makes it even worse for us because then we're not talking about anything. We're not going out with anybody. We've got no distraction from what is going on in our heads which just makes everything worse. And then we don't sleep well because we're going over in our heads and then we feel even worse. It's this massive downward spiral that we go on. What I've come to realise over the past few weeks, I had it in my mind that I'm not a sociable person. I like to see people, but I would rather have my own space than have anybody else in it. Thank you very much. I want to be by myself. And I'm kind of realising that's just not true. When I was in hospital the other week on the pain programme, What I realised, well, it's not a pain program. They don't put you in pain. It's a pain management program. When I was on the pain management program, I realised that I was the one going about getting everybody together. Do you want to come for a cup of tea? Should we go get a coffee? Who wants to come for a walk? Let's go sit in the lounge and have a chat. And while I spent a fair bit of time in my room by myself, I found a balance for myself, which was really interesting. I've never realised that before about myself, that I actually really come alive when I'm around people as long as I can have my own space as well and I can do some self-care time and time where I don't have to be around other people and I think possibly the thing is when you're so busy bringing up the kids and you're running from here there and everywhere and you've got work and you've got after school activities and before school activities and everything that goes on on the weekends and putting your heart and soul into them like you do I didn't want to see anybody else I was just too tired that was me I needed my own space so I then extrapolated that out and made it mean that I'm not really sociable. But I love being around people, and I'd just forgotten that. 
Once a month, I'm part of a mastermind group. It's a women's group. These amazing, high-achieving women that I was fortunate enough to get invited to. And the difference it makes to me when I've been around those people is phenomenal. I'm on a high for days. I'll move heaven and earth to spend time with any of those people that are in that room because they really make me feel better and they raise my vibration. And I think that's a really key note of what I'm talking about. That's something else I realized. And I'd read it before and kind of not cottoned onto this. You are a reflection of the people that you spend the most time with. If you're around a group of people who are, what can we call it, whingers? I'm just going to pick the worst case scenario here, right? If they're miserable and nothing is good for them and the world's against them and everything else, guess what you're going to end up like? You will end up like that because you don't really have any choice because you're not seeing an option other than that. When I'm around these women in the masterminds every month, as far as they're concerned, they can have anything they want. They've just got to put their mind to it and then they make it happen. And it's not a forced happening either. And this is something that we all want to talk about. We were discussing it at the last meeting. Feminine energy. And again, feminine, masculine energy. Don't like that. But I can't think of a better expression right now. The way women work is if we try and do the whole push, 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 we get exhausted. I think most mothers can tell you that, right? We push our way through it. We work. We look after the kids. We do the house. We do everything else. We run around from dawn to dusk and way beyond that. We push, push, push. And we're exhausted physically and mentally and emotionally. We just drain ourselves to the last drop. But when we're acting in a way that works for us as women, we don't push. It just kind of flows. And we were all discussing that at the last meeting and trying to put our fingers on what it is that makes us so different. When you're in your flow, we just go, no, I want it to look this way. And instead of forcing it, And putting all these actions in place, you just kind of focus on it and pull it towards you. There are actions that need doing, but it's not forced. And you can hear from what I'm saying that I haven't quite put my finger on exactly what it is, but it's really intriguing and it's something we all want to talk about. So watch this space. One of the things that I really got present to was the fact that we all feel safe to share our dreams and to share our hopes and our visions, even if they sound really outlandish right now. Nobody will laugh at us. We'll all go, oh, that's cool. How are we going to do that? And we start talking about it and we support each other. One of the key things of this mastermind is that we each ask for support. Every month we say, this is what I want to do this month and this is the support that I need and whoever can help them will help them. They'll give them the information they need. They might do some things for them. They might point them in the direction of somebody who can help them or whatever, but we're all there to move each other's lives forward. And that safety and security and that feeling of being able to be who you are, that feeling of being able to expand That's what we want to create in life. As women, we want a safe space to create for everybody around us. And let me just say right here that I'm not against men in any way, shape or form. My background is in the construction industry. I did a construction degree. I love being around guys. I think they are so much fun and there is so much life about most of them. But I'm not a guy. I never wanted to be one of the guys, even when I was running building sites. 
that's not where my strength lies. I'm a woman. That's where my strength lies. They have their own stuff to deal with and we need to be able to empower them as men as well as empowering ourselves as women. It's not that one's better than the other. It's not that there's an inequality. There's just a difference. That's all. There's just a difference. And it would be fabulous if we could empower ourselves as women without putting men down and emasculating men. I have got the greatest respect for most men. Some of them are idiots. Not going to mention any names. No, I'm definitely not going to mention any names and I'm certainly not going to describe them. But there are some guys who are terrible, just as there's some women who are really awful people, not nice people. But as women, it would be great to be able to go, ah, okay, what works for us? How is it that we step into that power and start creating life to look as we want it to? And one of the first things to do is to find a group of women, a group of friends who will listen to you as who you want to be, not necessarily who you are, because where you are right now isn't where you're going to be tomorrow. And it's fantastic to have friends that you can laugh with who pick you up and move you forward, who know you as where you're going, not where you've been in the past. That is one of the key things that I get out of this second Sundays. That's what I want to create for my friends. Be around people that lift you up and want you to succeed and want you to move your life forwards, not people who want to bring you down. Here's a little exercise for you to do if you're interested. Write down all your friends, all the people you see regularly. So who do you see in a three or four week period, say, even the barista at the coffee shop or the guy at the newspaper stand or the woman at the petrol station, the people that you work with, write down all of those people, as well as all of your friends and all of your family that you see regularly, your partner, your kids, write them all down and have a look at Who are the people you see the most regularly and who is it you actually spend most of your time with? And then have a look at whether those people lift you up or whether they are actually keeping you in place. A friend of mine who was an artist, he wanted to expand his life as an artist. And when he looked at this, he realized that he had nobody in his close circle, nobody that he saw on a regular basis who was an artist and who could move his life as an artist forward. And he didn't realize this until he wrote all this down. Once he realized that, he could go out and look specifically for people that could help him with that. Okay, I need to get into a group that's involved in art. I need to go and find somebody who knows about woodworking or I want to meet a group that goes bushwalking every weekend. Expand your circle to fit those areas of your life that you want to move forward and have a think about what's missing and have a look at whether the people that you've got in your life are actually moving it forwards or whether they're closing it down just have a think about it and don't be judgmental don't judge yourself don't judge everybody else it either works or it doesn't that's all the other thing that I've realized over the past few weeks is how much when we're feeling a little down or anxious or depressed or in pain or whatever how quickly and how often most of us look for a pill or a person to fix whatever's going on for us. If we're in pain, if we've got a headache, we'll go and take some 
paracetamol or some ibuprofen. If we're feeling a bit down, we go to the doctor and ask for some pills to help us feel better. And we might not do that straight away, but we will probably do that at some point when we feel that we can't help ourselves. We'll go to other people for help. And that's great. But if we're looking for a tablet to solve our problems, we're forgetting about the fact that the first place we have to start looking at to help us move forwards, to help us move beyond it, is within ourselves. One of the experts when I was at the pain management clinic pointed out that the pills that we take to reduce our pain, whether that's physical pain or whether that's emotional pain, whatever, are simply there to reduce the pain to a point where we can begin to get on with our lives and help ourselves. It's literally to take the edge off things so that we can then do something to help ourselves. That is the intention of the pills. The pills are not intended to solve the actual problem because most of them don't. Tablets and all the pharmaceutical industry treat the symptoms. They rarely treat the actual cause. And until we do deal with the cause, it's not going to go away. We're just literally treating the symptoms. So in the pain clinic, one of the things they wanted to do was reduce the number of tablets that people took each day and teach them how to deal with the pain themselves rather than relying on outside sources to do that for them. And it's the same when we've got emotional stuff going on. And I'm talking about this from my own personal experience. Until I could do what it took to move myself beyond it, it wasn't going to go away. I did need help from other people. I did need support. And for a while, I did take tablets to help me get over it. But when I was taking the tablets, I actually took myself off them against all medical recommendations. I did exactly what you're not supposed to do and just went cold turkey on them. And I had these bizarre head fizzes for a few days. But I didn't feel like I was myself when I was on tablets. I didn't feel like my personality was able to come through. I didn't feel like I was... mm, In control isn't exactly the right expression, but it's kind of applicable. And what it needed for me to move beyond it was assistance and support from other people for me to help myself. So it wasn't about other people doing anything for me. It was about me taking responsibility and doing it for myself, which is easier said than done when you're in that position. I know that it can take a long time. But the worst thing that I ever did was sit there and blame myself for not being able to do something and not being able to get on with it because that just made me feel worse. Once I went, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm going to do one tiny, small little thing for myself today. And if that exhausts me, that's fine. I'm just going to sit in front of the telly and binge watch Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or something because I'm a real sci-fi and fantasy kind of nerd person. So that was what I did. And once I allowed myself to start doing that, then it started to get better. And I needed a heap of support to move beyond stuff. But ultimately, it's all down to me. It's all down to what I can do for myself. And that's coming up for me at the moment. I have somebody that's fairly close to me that's not dealing with life in a way that I know that they can. And I'm not going to name anybody here. I'm not going to give anybody any idea of what it is because it's this person's own journey. 
And I've spent the last 12 months, maybe more, trying to support this person and suggest things and try to get them to do stuff and be involved in it and pull them out of the hole they're in because I don't like watching it. It's painful for me. And I can see that this person's going through what I went through a few years ago and I want to stop it. But I ended up having a talk with them this morning and saying, I can't do this anymore. I can only suggest stuff, but ultimately it's up to you you have to want to do something and I've got to the stage now where I feel like I'm enabling them to stay where they are because I'm the one that's constantly suggesting things and there comes a point when you have to kind of step back it's not my responsibility to make this person happy and when I've taken up that responsibility and kept it for so long it's stopping me completely they need to step up to the plate and until they're ready they're not going to I can run around and do all this stuff and try and make them feel happy but in the end until they want to do something all I can do is just be there I can suggest things, but I'm not going to invest all of my energy in making sure that person's happy. It's a really fine line to tread. Where do you draw that line between making sure they've got the support they need and keeping them in the space they're in? It's just such a difficult thing to know. But this morning I went out and I had a conversation with this person and said, this isn't doing either of us any good. This has to stop. This is what I feel. I've been doing everything that I can for the last 12, 15 months and I can't actually give any more. I think you need to get out and see more people. I think you need to talk to more people. I think you need to be involved in doing things that you enjoy doing. I think you need to do more exercise and do things for yourself. I'll repeat all those things and then let it go and leave it to that person to then pick what it is they want to do that is going to work for them in that moment. And it's very hard for me not to keep chasing it up and going, have you done this? It's a really good idea. You want to be doing that because I really care about them. But it's not helping that person ultimately. It is such a hard thing to do to watch people going through that. And on that note, I am going to wrap it up for this week. I did say last week that I'd have the interview with Joe Dolan this week. Joe is a friend of mine who is a volunteer firefighter with the Rural Fire Brigade here in Australia. She also lost her daughter to cancer when her daughter was 21. And out of that and being a full-time carer for her daughter, she then went on to do qualifications in counselling and she's done a lot of work for the Cancer Council. And she's now moving towards becoming a life coach as well. She has an amazing story to tell. That story will be next week. I just haven't got my act together to get it out this week. There's just been a few too many things going on. I apologise for that, but that will be next week. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. I'm Karen O'Connor. Join me next time for more conversation, laughter and fun as we navigate our way through all the things that midlife throws at us. Please click on the subscribe button so you get notifications of new episodes. And don't forget that all the links and information that we've spoken about in this podcast is available on the podcast page of my website. If you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to chat about, or if you have an inspiring story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. And constructive feedback is always welcome. 
Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.